Coming up, no, Christopher Bell is not leaving JGR to have more racing freedom, plus more news from XR, and we do a little Q&A time. Let's go. It's Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. On yesterday's show, we talked about the current state of the Toyota 410 Sprint Car Engine as we were given some insight from Christopher Bell, who was on David Gravel's Monday Night Live stream. And I also briefly touched on Bell's current situation with not being able to allow, uh, allowed to race dirt, and it was something we talked about a few weeks ago around the Chili Bowl. Bell had kind of been lumped into the quote-unquote boycott of the event and the purse comments from Kyle Larson. In reality, though, Bell missing the Chili Bowl was much more about his JGR bosses not allowing him to compete. And in regards to Bell's status, I've seen a bunch of comments in recent weeks and some on my video from yesterday uh, from people saying Bell should just leave JGR. I guess the idea being that he could go somewhere else in NASCAR and have more freedom to do what he wants outside of his day job. But as much as he may want to get in dirt starts in micros and midgets and sprint cars, whatever, Know that Christopher Bell is absolutely not going to do that. He's going to continue racing in NASCAR for Joe Gibbs Racing and doing or not doing what they tell him to do or not do. And here's why. For JGR and for Toyota, Bell is the present and the future of the team. He's a multi-time Cup Series winner. He was a championship contender a year ago. And he will continue to be a very important piece for a manufacturer and a race team that just lost a big star in Kyle Busch and has aging stars currently in Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. Truex could literally retire at any moment, and Denny is growing his or, uh, own organization on the side. That leaves Ty Gibbs, who's still incredibly young and will need time to find himself, and Bell. On top of this, Bell signed a multi-year extension with JGR very quietly during the 2022 season, and Coach Gibbs said late in the year he'd wished he'd signed Bell to a 20-year agreement. So Bell's future is already on paper with Gibbs. And let's not forget that the entire TRD driver development program was built around bringing Christopher Bell along. After Toyota missed out on Larson, they vowed to not let that happen again, and Bell was their answer. Signed to race with Keith Coons towards the end of 2012, Bell has been in the TRD pipeline ever since and is the poster child for their program. The playbook they created for Bell is the same one they use for drivers today. Yes, Bell is one of the most talented drivers to probably ever sit in a sprint car or a midget, and we as race fans want to see that as much as possible. But regardless of that, Bell is not going to turn his back on a multi-million dollar contract and a decade-long relationship with TRD that brought him to the heights of American motorsports just to do some side racing. And you might not want to hear this, but if Rick Hendrick decided today that he didn't want Larson running any more dirt, young money would be on the sidelines as well. The teams have all the power in these instances, and rightly so, when they've got so much invested. So yes, it sucks to not see Bell strapped into an open-wheel car throwing sliders, but no chance he walks away from one of the top rides in NASCAR. All right, we talked yesterday on the show about the finalized schedule for the XR Super Series, and later in the day on Tuesday, XR announced an additional slate of super late model races for this year. They are calling this schedule the Working Man Series, and it features 13 races from May 22nd to December 2nd. The release says, quote, instead of a traditional yearly points fund, the series will focus on respectable start money, open trailer bonuses, heat winner money, and other unique program, uh, bonus programs. Every dollar is available on a per-night basis to incentivize all racers to put in their best performance each night and not pull in early, unquote. 
All races on the schedule are 10,000 a win, except there are two shows that still list the two-win amount as TBA. The tracks included with this new series are Legit Speedway Park, Cherokee, Belleville, Highbanks, um, the Belleville Highbanks, excuse me, Red Cedar, Mountain View, Volunteer, and Alltech. So between the XR Super Series and this new XR Working Man Series, XR has 23 super late model events planned for the season. As I said yesterday, XR continues to evolve and to try and find their footing in the space. This combined schedule has a very different feel than 2022. A lot of different racetracks than we've seen the map before, but I like this mix of races for more high-level teams and this new slate for regional and local drivers. To see more details on this new series, visit xrworkinman.com. That's x-r-w-o-r-k-i-n-m-a-n.com. Down in Florida, the UMP Modified season is off and running, and this week at East Bay is Modified Week for the Winter Nationals. Drake Troutman dominated last night's feature, topping Kevin Adams and Alan Weiser. Nice field there at East Bay, 59 cars in attendance. Sunday and Monday winners over at North Florida included Tyler Nicely and Lucas Slee. The Modified crowd is at East Bay through Saturday, and then they'll continue this opening stretch of the season at Volusia next Monday during Dirt Car Nationals. All right, so today I figured we could do a Q&A segment. I kind of like to do these more often. I know I keep mentioning that at various points. I think we've done like one or two of them. Uh, but all of these questions are from YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed over there. You check out the Dirt Tracker YouTube channel because uh, I post these in the community tab and these kind of will pop up in the uh, in the YouTube feed if you're over there. So all of these questions are from that uh, YouTube post from yesterday. So we'll just get started here. Brian asks, why does the internet think Toy uh, Toyota's TRD's continuing development of a 410 will be the death of sprint cars? I think more competition uh, will do the complete opposite, in my opinion. I kind of agree, and this has always been, uh, you know, kind of the criticism against TRD here uh, in recent years, especially with the, you know, kind of Toyota midget engine situation. I think that's where we get this, because everybody thinks that Toyota is going to come in, spend a whole bunch of money and drive everybody out. But I don't think that'll be the case with sprint car engines. I think the competition will be great. And I think on the midget side, you're dealing with a lot smaller suppliers. And with the sprint car side, there's way more teams, uh, way more region of the country, way more engine builders. And I don't think TRD is going to be running anybody out of business or driving any costs up. Uh, and I think you've seen they've been around for a couple of years now working on this engine. And, you know, they're still struggling to kind of gain a foothold. So I don't see any reason why this would cause issues for sprint car racing as a whole or drive costs up or anything like that. I think, you know, more, more, more of the issues we've seen the last couple of years with supply chains and things like that is what's going to drive costs up. All right, Donald asks, what kind of changes would you make in the dirt track industry in order to obtain a larger national audience? I think this is a complicated question and a complicated answer because it's not just about what you would do, do for dirt racing as a whole because dirt racing is so many different things to so many different people. I think at the larger end, if you're talking about Lucas, you're talking about the World of Outlaws, you know, I think we're on a pretty good trajectory. Obviously, streaming has pumped in a lot of numbers. Uh, but I think the act track experience needs to continue to get better. We need to cut out, you know, downtime and it needs to be less complicated. Formats are too complicated. There's too many, you know, car types running on a single night. Uh, you know, I think there needs to be some matter of consolidation and making those big programs a lot tighter than they already are. I think that would go a long way. I think we also need to see, you know, some continued advancement and improvement of a lot of these facilities. A lot of these tracks haven't changed much in a really long time. It's hard to bring a friend or somebody who's never been around it before to some of these facilities. And, and you know, certain tracks are supposed to be crown jewels or supposed to be a big deal, and they just don't come off that way. So I think there's a lot of things that could be done. But, you know, on, on the lower end of things, you know, you're not going to get a national audience interested in weekly IMCA midget racing or uh, re weekly IMCA uh, modified action. 
you know, there, there are levels of dirt racing, just like there's levels of any other type of motorsports. And I think if we're going to draw a larger national audience, it needs to be focused on things like the Word of Outlaws, things like Lucas uh, and, and those types of, uh, of series. Five off five on wants to know what is the best way to get into dirt track racing? And I don't know if you mean driving or if you mean working on a team. Uh, you know, if you want to drive, you know, go get a, you know, a Hornet or, you know, a, 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 an all wheel drive or a front wheel drive car for, for cheap. Uh, that's an easy way, you know, usually a couple hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more and, and tires are cheap. You know, you're going to use pump gas, things like that. Uh, it's not difficult or uh, expensive to get into that type of racing. If you want to work on a team, go volunteer your time, you know, find, you know, find a team at your local track that's looking for some help on the weekends and, and just go start learning. That's the, you know, the biggest thing is, is you need to grow your network and you need to really understand what it is that you're doing. Uh, and a lot of these questions in here, like some of them are about dirt racing things, but some of them are about me. And this is one of those. Uh, Mel asks, what took me from Oregon to North Carolina and do I ever get back to Oregon? I live in North Carolina. Currently, I am from Oregon. Um, I uh, went from Oregon to actually down in Florida, University of Miami when I went to college. And then after I graduated from college, I came to North Carolina because my family had moved here. Uh, my dad worked in NASCAR as well, and I followed them here to get into NASCAR myself. I do get back to Oregon periodically. I was last there maybe two years ago. Uh, Dalton wants to know my favorite driver all time in late models and sprint cars. This is a very difficult question. I feel like I've worked in motorsports for a really long time, like almost 20 years. And when you kind of know how the sausage is made, it kind of changes things a little bit. I have a ton of drivers that I respect and even some drivers that maybe I don't really like personally. Uh, I still have a lot of respect for them. It's difficult to say, though, that I have a favorite driver really at, in, at any level uh, just because of, you know, your perspective changes a lot when, when you do what it is that I've done. Uh, Slats85 asks, what sprint car driver, past or present, would you want to see race that you haven't already? Definitely Doug Wolfgang. Uh, my dad grew up a Wolfgang fan. He's from South Dakota, and that's a driver I would definitely like to see. RA says, if you could race any type of car, dirt track car, of course, what would you want to race? This is a difficult one. Uh, you know, I think the speed of sprint cars and, and you know, just how furious the racing is, is certainly attractive. Um, but I, I think it would be fun to race all sorts of things. I, you know, modifieds look like they're a good time. You know, midgets look like they're a good time. Dirt lay models. I mean, it's hard to put your finger on uh, on just one thing that I would want to race. Chandler wants to know, do you think the Joiners Hunt the Front Racing Series will go big or go bust? I, I mean, it's hard to say. We haven't even seen them really put on a main series event yet. Uh, you know, they certainly have a ton of, of, of brand awareness and they're bringing a big audience with them, which is certainly good. They're obviously entering a very kind of um, competitive space with regional dirt late model racing. And, you know, it's going to be what they can do better than everybody else. Can they do streaming better? Can they do programs better? Um, and so, you know, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I definitely think there's a lot of good things on their side. Um, but, you know, it's not easy, obviously not easy, which is why it doesn't always go well for some people. A question from Logano Fan 2022. What NASCAR teams did you work with and why did you get into dirt racing? I've worked for with a number of NASCAR teams. Worked at Roush, I worked at Jermaine, worked for Front Row. I spent the last five years at Petty. Um, and why did I get into dirt racing? Actually, the very first races I ever went to as a kid were dirt races. My dad was a dirt fan growing up. And then also, I went to work for the World of Outlaws in 2013, uh, which kind of brought me really heavily back into the mix. I worked for the Outlaws from 2013 to 2020. And in a similar vein, Eric asks, how did you get your start in the motorsport industry? And if you could get behind the wheel of any race car, what would you choose? I would love to go road racing. Uh, I'm super kind of into... Um, you know, like GT cars and, and, you know, was super deep into the Rolex 24 here this last weekend. And what got me started in motorsports, I've been around racing my whole life, uh, you know, 
going to races as a kid, as a race fan, I used to help out some friends with websites and all kinds of things. So I've been around motorsports for a really long time. And finally, Michael asks, who do you predict may be in contention for a win at the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake Speedway this year? Uh, it's got to be Davenport. He's won two of the last three uh, USA Nationals there, has a you know pretty decent um, average finish. Uh, you know, Davenport always shows up and when the big money's on the line and, uh, you know, he's he's already won multiple times this year. So it's going to be hard to choose against him when we get to uh, Cedar Lake. All right. If you want to do this again in the future, let me know in the comments if this is something you enjoyed. We can certainly do it again. I appreciate everybody that submitted their questions. And we're starting to get a few more new episodes of some other dirt racing podcasts out there. Wing Nation is back with Tyler Clem and Kevin Swindell. Passing Points has another Down Under episode. Quick Time has Cole Vanderheiden. Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks has CJ Leary and the BGE Doherty guys. All Gas No Breaks has Colin Hibden and Tom Berry. Hoagie's Garage has Robert Bell and Santino Ferrucci. And there are new episodes of The Dirt Reporters from Dirt on Dirt and The Dirt Nerds. A big shout out to the Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks guys for the care package they sent me this week. Uh, they are now represented on the sticker board behind me. Also, we have two new additions to the podcast page. I finally tracked down Mandy Pouch's RSS feed, so Dirt Track Confessions is now there, as is Newcomer Dunwich on Dirt. And if you haven't heard, Ross is bringing back Open Red. The first episode of that drops next week. It is with Brian Kemenal. I'll add Open Red back to that page once the first episode is posted. To see all the podcasts along with recent episodes, hit up dirttracker.com slash podcasts. And today's streaming schedule is the same as yesterday. Uh, yesterday's schedule was modifieds from East Bay and Flow 24-7 on Flow Racing and Dirt Vision Now. To see the full daily streaming schedule every single day, click over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All right, have a good Wednesday out there. We will see you guys tomorrow.